Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. The first thing that I want to tell you is a little bit off script because I think, I think God's just really been speaking something important to me and I have to intro it starting off for us today. I've been in this idea of simple and I believe it's just a lot more simple than we make it sometimes. Last week I talked about the simplicity of God's love, except I didn't make it simple. I tried to make it more confusing, right? <laughs> I tried to make it more complex. I want to show y'all our membership covenant, and here's why I believe it's so simple. This is our membership covenant picture. If you join our church, you got that. This is our membership covenant. So some of y'all had never seen it, but like, if you want to join here at Midtown, this is what you're going to sign to, okay? Sign your life away to this. And there's a reason why it's like this, and it's not a mockery. It's every bit of it is very important. But what we sign to, upon receiving Jesus as our Lord, we say that we are going to trust in the mind of Christ, number one. We're going to trust in the heart of love. And we're going to move in faith. Three elements of our commitment to each other. And I designed this because Jesus says no one can enter the kingdom unless he comes as a child. I think it's far more wonderfully simple than I think we want to make it sometimes. And I want to share with you a verse. As we think about simple, it's so easy to not make it so simple. I want to read this to you out of Ecclesiastes 12. And it says, besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads. That's like a cattle prod. Moves, it moves you. Sometimes it stings a little bit, but sometimes we need that in our lives. And like nails firmly fixed are these collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, listen to this. Beware of anything beyond these. Beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Some of you are like, thank you, God. I felt so much pressure to have been reading the whole daggum library, you know? Some of y'all are great reading all the books that everybody writes. Awesome. I think we should read. I think you should understand. But I think we should be very careful if some shepherds want to add to the shepherd's voice. Be very careful what we receive, even when it sounds super great. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of a man. For God will bring every deed into judgment and every secret thing, whether good or evil. Let 
God has just really spoken to me this week about, Jay, Jay just, just set people free in the reality that like, here's the two questions I wanna ask as I listen to anybody talking, any book that I read. Number one, did the shepherd say it? The shepherd, Jesus. Jesus, I'm the good shepherd. Hey, did Jesus say it? Awesome, listen. Listen very carefully. Two, what's the heart of the good shepherd? These are two questions that I'm gonna ask when I'm reading anything, when I'm listening to podcasts, when I'm listening to a sermon. Did Jesus say it? And what's the heart of the good shepherd? Two, the heart of the good shepherd is what we talked about last week. Here's the heart of our good shepherd. Matthew 11, it kind of goes on with what we talked about. He says, come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden. Anybody just wearied in the flesh from trying to get somewhere, you know, feeling the pressure to get somewhere? He says, hey, are you tired? Come to me and I'm gonna give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. And you're gonna find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've been looking through all of what Jesus said to the 12 guys who followed him close, and everything he said to them was for them. Even to the point this is a little bit off script, but even to the point uh, toward the end of Jesus' life, they're like, hey, Jesus, we finally believe in you. And he's like, oh, re oh really? You re okay, now you're saying you believe in me. But hey, here's what's about to happen, y'all. I'm about to disappear from this place and y'all are all gonna leave me alone. I'm gonna get killed. But hey, listen, I'm telling you this. So listen to this. So my peace can be with you. I'm letting you know that when you you've told me you're with me and then later you're not gonna be, and I'm gonna be alone and I'm gonna die alone, I want you to know that I already know and you haven't screwed it up too bad. So you can still be at peace when you literally turn your back on what you've said. Think about Jesus' words, they're just different level. He says everything to these guys for their benefit. When he knows they're gonna, they're gonna hurt him or they're gonna, they're gonna screw him over a little bit. They're not even telling him the truth. Think about the Jesus. Now, think about this. This is how some of us read our word, okay? Think about if you read this passage and you don't read the whole of it. Is it still up there? Matthew 11, 28, sorry, 28. What if you didn't read the whole sentence? You said, hey, come to me. Come to me. Hey, are you, are you heavy? Are you burdened? Hey, I'm, I'm here to give you rest. That's how some of us hear the voice of God. We, we hear it in pieces. We don't hear his heart, but we hear the words. I'm gonna give you rest. Hey, take my yoke. It's like, oh man. Hey, learn from me. Learn from me. Jesus is saying, learn from me. Hey, I'm really gentle. I'm lowly. I'm willing to give you rest for your soul. Think about that. When you don't take the whole, when you don't hear the heartbeat of it. And some of us, we have conviction in our heart. Maybe we even have conviction about what's going on in our life. And we hear truths in our minds, but we haven't yet discerned the heartbeat of God. It's why it's so important to understand all the whole, 
Because I can understand the truth. I can know the truth. I need to turn this way, but I got to hear the heartbeat of God's heart. Have you ever heard somebody say part of a, a conversation and you miss, miss some of the conversation and, and it hurt you or wounded you? Anybody get a text message and, you, and you, you read it and you're like, that jerk, and you give them a thumbs up, you know? Anybody? Or you don't even give the thumbs up, you just give like the passive aggressive heart thing, you know, or like the whatever, to, you know what I mean? And they're like, what? What did I say? Anybody? Has that ever happened to anybody in the room? Like, nope, some of y'all, like three, oh, five, maybe. It's just me. I just read it. But you don't hear the tone? Come on now. I, heard, I saw the words, but I don't get the tone. Sometimes we read this Bible the same way. I got the text from God, but I don't really know his heart. So man, that message in my mind got a little bit squirrely. Come on, anybody, you know, let's go. And if, if we can all be honest, it's probably every single one of us fight a very negative voice in our mind, okay? Listen to this. And this is what we talked about last week. Now, I want to begin to press in a little bit further. I'll understand a little bit more what I'm talking about. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love, what? I'm a noisy gong. I'm a clashing cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. Does anybody just... Hate hearing your conscience in your head. Does it sound like a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal, anybody? Come on now. I hate my conscience. I hate hearing the voice of God. Right? Anybody? Come on. He's wearing me out. We've got to understand the next part to discern the first part. Some of y'all, this is really important for some of us to get. Because here's the heartbeat of our Father. Here it is. Don't miss it. Let me tell you what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. Think about that. Think about the heartbeat of God never being rude to you. Think about him never envying. He just wants the best for you. I don't want anything selfishly. I want it selflessly for you. It doesn't insist on its own way. So if you want to run that way, okay. Just like the younger son who wants his inheritance from his father, and the father's like, all right, you want, you, are you sure? Because like, it's, it's great here, but like, you want this? Okay. It's not irritable. Oh, never irritable. Can you imagine never being irritable or around somebody never irritable? It's not resentful. I mean, it doesn't recall past events. Can you imagine? He does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It's always hopeful for you. It endures through everything. That means as long as you have come into Christ, Jesus has looked at your life and been like, it's gonna be awesome, it's getting better. It's gonna be great, keep going.
But it's hard to discern the words or the truth if we don't remember the heart. The heart of your father, this is what it is. So we've got to go back to this and go, okay, this is the heartbeat of God. And when I begin to have conviction, I discern, is this the voice of the shepherd? Did he say it? And what's his heart about it? And it's going to help untangle some of the real negative self-talk that some of us have in our minds. And all day long, you should have done this. You should have done this. Do this. Don't do that. You idiot. Why were you doing that? Are you kidding me again? Come on now, somebody. We're all, we're all like, yep, yep, all of us, yep. But I don't think that voice is always wrong. The accusers, a lot of times, right, just missing the greater truth of it. The reality is every single one of us is lacking. Every single one of us is a sinner. We've all missed the mark, right? Come on now, like we've all done it. And every day, man, like, if this is the heartbeat of love and this is the heartbeat of who God is, hey guys, like uh, as I look at that, like uh, J is patient and J is kind. J is in. J doesn't envy. J doesn't boast. Jay's not arrogant. Jay's never rude. He doesn't insist on his own way. He's not irritable. No, no, no. No, no. I mean, no. I wish. But he is, and he never changes. And he's transforming our lives as we grow in him day by day by day. And this truth is what transforms our life. And it's this heartbeat of love that inspires every word that Jesus says to us. Now, remember what we talked about last week in John 15. This is what Jesus said. And I wanna go back here, and this will be the launch pad for how we put this into practice, okay? He says this, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Think about how the Father loved the Son. Have you ever considered when Jesus gets baptized, what, he comes out of the water and it says everyone standing there, hears the voice of God speak over his Son and says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you know how, much, how many miracles he had done then? He hadn't even started. He hadn't even got going. So the father, before Jesus does anything, is like, I love my son, and that's who he is. I love him, and my favor is with him. So as the father has loved me, so I loved you. He's talking to his 12 that he chose, I love you. I chose you and you are gonna, you've royally messed it up the whole time, but I loved you and I've stayed with you and everything I've said is about you and for you. Abide, like stay, live in this land of my love. Like never leave my love. So he says, if you keep my commands, you will stay in my love. You will abide, that word is to remain. You will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and I abide in his love. That same word is used when Jesus tells the story about the vine and the branches. The branch abides in the vine. Do you know what that literally, what's the, what's the job of a branch? Anybody know? Just to hold on for dear life, you know what I mean? Because the second that sucker lets go, he's going to die, right? I mean, the branch really doesn't do anything. It just holds on. He's saying, hey guys, hold on. 
Don't let go of what I'm talking to you about. And then guess what's going to begin to happen? Life is going to flow in you and through you and from you, and you're going to begin to produce some fruit in your life. Your life is actually going to multiply. These things, listen to this. I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. I've told you this so you could have my joy. I want you to be filled with joy. I told you all this so you could have joy. Anybody just need joy today? Let's go get some joy. Let's fight for some joy today. I want to I walk this out together. That your joy may be full. I want fullness of joy today. This is my command. Now, let's step into this. That you love one another as I have loved you. As I think about what it took for Jesus to continue with these guys in his life, he had to live out forgiveness 24-7. Come on now. I mean, Peter's speaking, I mean, like, I'll never deny you, big, arrogant Peter, you know? I ain't never gonna do nothing wrong. Like, these fools, like, they might abandon you, but not this guy, because I got it together, right? Come on, everybody knows the arrogant guy? Each one of us can relate at times, because we are often that Peter. Or Thomas, you know? Oh, great, Jesus got a great idea again. We're gonna go die with Jesus. Let's go, come on, anybody got the sarcastic friend? We've all been the sarcastic friend. All right, well, let's do it. Let's go die. Come on. Big hopeful person, you know, the negative person in your friend group. Come on now. Always got the negative voice. What was it? Was it Philip who, who said, How, where are we going to get all the money? Was it Philip? John, was it Philip? Can't remember. Anybody remember? Bible scholars in the room? Pastor don't remember. Come on now. <laughs> Donna, you probably know better than that. Come on, I was gonna, I was gonna get it. Anybody, oh, we don't know. Who knows? I think it was Philip. Was like, hey, where are we gonna get all the money to feed five thousand people? Jesus, is like, man, you still don't get it. I've been doing miracles in front of y'all for so long, <laughs> but you know what? You're gonna get it next time. Jesus is a weird guy. He's just a weird guy. Some would say supernatural. Who knows? I don't know. Judas? Gosh, man. Anybody been betrayed by your best friend, one of your best friends? None of y'all got killed because of it yet. You're still in the room. Think about the life that Jesus lives, man. Think about this life. Some of us in this room have had lives I can't imagine. Like, I just can't imagine, okay? I, I, I humbly say, like, I can't imagine Imagine some lives that have been lived in this room. Can't. Think about this life. You do it perfectly loving 24-7. You forgive everyone all the time. You have 12 great friends. One of them betrays you to your death, by the way. Betrays you over to a government that's crooked you stand trial and it's a rigged court system because of the politics behind the scenes, the system's broke. 
Not only that, the crowd yells for a proven criminal to be released and you take his place. And he walks by arrogantly, not like a thank you. It's like, yeah, come on. I'm going to go take this place over again. Let's do it. Beaten to the point of death, but it's not finished. Let's strip you naked and make fun of you for saying you're the king of kings, you know? Let's nail you to a cross. And it's a slow and painful death. Scholars say it's the most painful death anyone can experience. That's why the Romans invented it. They were torture kings. Because you don't die of bleed out, you die of suffocation. You get too weak to push yourself up off of the nails so you can't breathe anymore. And at the end of your life, you look out over all the people who've done all those things and you say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I don't even know. Because if half of that happens to me, you know what I am? I'm walking out there and be like, these freaking people. I done fed them all. I healed, I mean, probably a bunch of them, at least one of their friends or their family members, and they're yelling, crucify me. Anybody? Come on now. He deserves to be the victim of all victims, and he never chooses to be the victim. You know why? Because he stayed in forgiveness. Because he knew the heart of men, and he knew the heart of his father, and he trusts not men, but his father, who loved him so much. Come on. Some of us need to step out of circumstance of what we've experienced other people do and begin to trust the heart of the Father. Receive the love of the Father, not our love of circumstance, not the love of men, because they will always be fickle, guys. Hey, guys, I'm the first one to say I'm fickle. I'm fickle at times. But our Father in heaven is never fickle. This is what keeps Jesus steady. Now, As Jesus says, if you abide in my commands, listen, as I've kept my Father's commands, abide in his love, all these things I've spoken to you, that you may be filled with my joy and that your joy may be full. This is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. Would you, would we as a people step in and believe this promise from our King Jesus? Would you join me in believing this promise even if it doesn't feel like we should? Because every single one of us have gone through things that Jesus went through. We haven't gone to the full extent of Jesus, but every single one of us, if I followed us up all in a circle and I was like, hey, tell me your story of when somebody did you wrong. Every single one of us has a place where we could have been the victim and have been, Come on, right? Every single one of us. That means we're all in it together and we're all dealing with the same emotion, the same feeling. I bring this to you today because I think it's a simple truth that many of us feel more right about not doing. It feels more right to not forgive because your pain is justified and you truly are a victim. And I will say, yes, yes, your pain is real and honestly, probably due to somebody else's sin. And I'm sorry. So the other day, I go, to, uh, I go to counseling. Anybody go to counseling? Great, I do. 
I go to a prayer counseling with a group and we get to this section about forgiveness. And I prayerfully consider with three other guys in a room and they pray for me and uh, I just ask the Holy Spirit, bring to my mind anyone I need to forgive. And do you know what happened? I'm gonna tell you the truth. I could have, when I walked in there, I could have said 30 names. I got 30 people who did me wrong. Maybe a hundred, you know? I can write it. But as soon as we prayed, listen to this, listen. One name came into my mind. One. And you know what? I never would have thought about that name. Do you know why I never would have thought about that name? Because it hurt too bad for me to ever think about that name. But when I asked the Lord to tell me, it came into my mind. I wrote this name down. And then I prayed for this person and it literally took me time because it was so hard. And I'm gonna ask for you to join me in a journey today of forgiving people in your life so that, listen to this, so that your joy could be full and so that you could be given the joy of Jesus again. And I'm gonna tell you what happened when I spoke blessing over the one name. Something left in here, in my, in my emotional heart. And when it happened to me, I was like, what have I been doing? I felt so good about not forgiving because it was true. But I hadn't considered the reality of my King Jesus who forgives me and endures me and never gives up and he's walking with me all the time. And when I stepped into his life, I began to experience his joy in my heart again. And, and I just want to invite you into the journey today. If you've got your card, anybody need your card today? Anybody need a card? And listen, you, I'm not forcing you into anything. Do not do this. You can sit there and observe and take notes. Write, keep your hand up. We'll give you a card. I want to tell you, before we do this, five things about forgiveness. Very important, okay? Five things, and they're going to come up on the screen. Number one, forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. People who want to forget all that was done to them will find that they cannot do it. When God says that he will remember your sin no more, he is saying that he will not use the past against us. Forgetting, listen to this, is a long-term byproduct of forgiveness, okay? But it is never a means toward forgiving. Do not put off forgiving those who have hurt you, hoping the pain will go away. Once you choose to forgive someone, then Christ will begin to heal your wounds in your heart. We do not heal in order to forgive. We forgive in order to heal. Very important to understand. When Jesus says forgive, 
It's so that you can be filled with his joy. He's saying this because it'll be the best thing for you. This is not going to hurt you. It's the best. The thing that's hurting you is holding on to something he invites us to let go of, okay? Number two, forgiveness is a choice. Some people hold on to their anger as a means of protecting themselves against future abuse. But all they are doing is hurting themselves. Others want revenge, but the Bible teaches it is mine to avenge and I will repay, says the Lord. That is Romans 12, 9. Let God deal with the person who hurts you. Listen to this. Let God deal with them. He's a way better judge than you are. And I would much rather him deal with it than us. Come on now. Listen to this. Let God deal with that person and let him or her off of your hook because as long as you refuse to forgive somebody, you are still hooked to that person. You are still chained to your past, bound up in your bitterness. By forgiving, you let the other person off your hook. Listen to that. Let's them off yours. But he or she is not off God's. Let God deal with them. You must trust that God will deal with the person justly and fairly, something you simply cannot do. Did you know you cannot give justice the way God can? Some of us really want to. We got a balled up fist ready for it. Come on now. Any fighters in the room? I'm a fighter. Don't mess with me. I'll knock your teeth out, you know? I mean, really, like that's my instinct. Some of y'all is to run. Some of y'all is to fight. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I didn't get that honestly. Surely. <laughs> I love you, Dad. But some of you would say, but you don't know how much that person hurt me. You don't know. Jay, you don't know, and I do not. You're right. I'm going to tell you I don't, okay? But listen to this. No other human really knows another person's pain, okay? But Jesus does. Jesus does. We're all in this room. Jesus knows your pain. He went further. He did. He went really deep into that pain for you because he loved you. But he instructs us to forgive others for our own sake. Listen to this. It's for your sake he tells you this. It's for you. It's for you. It's not for him. He's not saying, hey, serve me by forgiving people. Come on now, everybody. Get it right. Nope. Forgive because it's going to be the best thing for you. I'm going to tell you this so it's good for you, Okay. The third thing, forgiveness is agreeing to live with the consequences of another person's sin. Somebody probably sinned against you. As you forgive, it's agreeing to live with their sin, the consequences of it. We're all living with the consequence of somebody else's sin. The only choice is to do it in bondage of bitterness or the freedom of forgiveness. Anybody feel better when you just don't forgive somebody? I feel good for a little bit, but after a while, I feel terrible. It just eats me away. Can't sleep. Anybody start having dreams about it? Come on, anybody? Maybe it's just me. I start dreaming about them. The fourth thing, forgiveness is choosing not to hold someone's sin against him or her anymore. Listen to this. This is so good. It is common for bitter people to bring up past offenses. It is common for bitter people to bring up past offenses. 
because they've been hurt. They want other people to feel as bad as they do. That's why you bring it back up. I'm really wounded. Those who are married, I bring it back up. And as I bring it back up, I'm revealing the wound in my heart still. I'm still wounded. I'm still hurt. Someone's living resentment. And people, when they bring back up the past, just know that they got a, a wound that hasn't been healed yet. Just know it. Now you can know their heart. That's what Jesus knew about everybody. That's how he could deal with it. He knew the reality of what was going on in their life. That's why he said, oh, they got, they got hurt that's not done yet. I know what to do for them. I know the medicine. I can have wisdom and all these things. And I don't have to freak out because you're freaking out. I can be very steady. Now I know how to bring healing in your life. Receive the wisdom of God. But we gotta let go of the past and choose to reject any thought of revenge. This doesn't mean you continue to put up with the abuse. Doesn't mean that. I don't think it means you sit passively by. I think it means we speak the truth in love. And then we gotta go to the word to find real instruction of what we do next, okay? Quickly, number five, last one. Don't wait until you feel like forgiving because you never will. Just don't wait to feel it because you'll never feel like forgiving somebody. You'll never. Don't work like that. But once you choose, listen to this, last part, very important. Once you choose to forgive, Satan loses his hold on you. And God begins to heal your damaged emotions. You see, when we choose not to follow Jesus, we allow for a stronghold in our life. And literally, the word stronghold means a cleft in the rock, a cutout in the rock to put your foot in. So when we choose not to do what Jesus said, it doesn't lead us into freedom, it leads us into bondage. And the bondage is simply just a cleft in the rock of our life. And the enemy gets to put a foot in there and the voice gets really loud right here. It gets really loud. Speaks very loud. You can lose that right now. It can leave right now. And some of us are going to experience joy and freedom right now as we step into the words of Jesus. Now you say, now Jay, I haven't yet made Jesus Lord of my life. Is this still available to me? And I would say the principles, the principles can still bring healing and freedom in your life. It can. That's why if you go to a counselor, they're going to lead you to forgive somebody. You know that? They're going to try to get you to, to get it right. <laughs> Jesus said it long ago, but Jesus wants to give you his full joy. And the word says we can't truly love somebody unless God has loved us. So first here, guys, you got to understand that God forgave you wholly and fully. And all of it was placed on himself at a cross and it was buried there and he rose anyways. And he took all of your sin and shame on himself to give you perfect righteousness and holiness. That's what he gave to you. Now receive that fresh and new. Think of all the stuff we've done. Come on, anybody. It's been a mess in my life. Come on. So now, with all that said, forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is agreeing to live with the other's consequence. Forgiveness is choosing not to hold on to someone else's sin against them anymore. Don't wait till you feel like forgiving. Would you step in and receive his joy? I promise you, he will give it to you right now. It's gonna be supernatural. On your card, here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. If you, if you would like to, to interact, you would like to step in and I'm just gonna show you a practical way and you can keep this with you and you can learn from it and you can do it every day if you want, okay? It's gonna keep us fresh. 
On that card, we're going to write down names that God gives to you, okay? But here's how he's going to give them to you. Because some of us can think of a bunch of names. We got, oh, I got a bunch. You know, I can't wait. That's what I was thinking. I only got 30. You're going to just right there. You say, Holy Spirit, and I encourage you, pray out loud. In just a moment, Holy Spirit, bring to my mind any person that I need to bring, I need to give forgiveness to, your forgiveness. We're going to do that right now. If you need, you want space, spread out, stand up. You can go to the edge of the room. You can go to the edge of the room. And we're going to take about 15 minutes, and we're going to do this for 15 minutes, okay? So if you want, you can stand up. And, and I encourage you, here's what I ask and why I say spread out. Pray out loud. Pray out loud, okay? It's very important. This whole thing should be out loud. And they're going to play a little music, so it's not going to be distracting and weird, okay? So right where you are, would you pray out loud? Holy Spirit, just bring to my mind anyone that I need to offer your forgiveness to right now. And then begin to write those names that he gives you.
as, as we've written these names down. If you're asking me, you say, Jay, how does it work like this? Like, I didn't hear anything. The scripture says, pray anything according to God's will and you'll have it, okay? I know the heart of our Father is to forgive. So he wants to tell you everybody that you need to do business with. He wants to give that to you, okay? That's why we pray, Holy Spirit, tell me in my mind, everybody I need to forgive. And don't doubt, honestly, the first time when I heard the name, I said, no, that can't be right. I wrote that name down by faith. Why did that name come to my mind? Put it down, okay? If you have trouble, ask him again. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just open their minds to hear you. What's the name? Thank you for hearing us, God. Okay, and as you have those names, now we're gonna have this next part on the screen. I'm gonna pray out loud this. Let's go to that next slide, guys. And I'm gonna ask that you do something interactive with the car that you have, okay? And we're gonna pray out loud. It's very important. Heavenly Father, I choose to forgive and speak that name right there. Name that person. Four, what do they do? What do they do or what do they fail to do in your life? Speak it out loud. Because it made me feel, tell God how it made you feel. Speak it out loud. Take your time with this part. This part, this part's hard and it's okay. Let's go here.
Hey, those of you who are participating, I just want to tell you where to go. Good job. Good job. And some of you, as you heard, as you spoke out your emotions, some of you, uh, some of you probably said, I, I felt like I wasn't a son or a daughter. Some of you said, I felt less than. I felt, I felt weak. I felt all these things that was acute, really accused you. I just want to tell you, like, when Jesus spoke truth over you, you, you are his son. You are his daughter. You were called to him. You have a calling on your life. He said, you're more than a conqueror. He said, you're free. You're not a slave. That's why he speaks over your life. And as we go down this list, I want to remind you, now, as you offer forgiveness, this is never to be picked up again, okay? And this isn't, we don't go back to this. We don't grab it. We leave it. It's gone. It's out of here. And when you, when you do this, when you go down this road, the next part is I want to lead us in a prayer of, uh, of walking out of resentment. And that is going to be up right here. And right out loud, if you can just step into this next piece right here. Offer this prayer to him. You can make it yours in your own words, but just take the heartbeat of it. Now, this is what's happened, all right? When we stepped into this part, prayed a blessing over them, here's what's happened. There's no more foothold. There's no more stronghold spiritually. You don't have any more place for them to stand. So what happens is there's no, there's no standing place. It's gone. It's gone. You're free. You're not bound to the past anymore. You're not chained down. You're free. And you've joined Jesus in his call and his truth. And now he's taken the rightful seat. He's got authority. It's his truth that we now walk in. Would you allow me to uh, pray over you now? I just pray you give agreement in your heart. Father, I, I now ask that any spirit that's not been submitting to you in any one of these lives, Leave right now and never come back. Go, get away. You no longer have a voice in these minds, in our hearts. And you need to leave. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you forgave us fully, and you never live in resentment. 
because you are fully loving. Thank you that you never gave up on us. And thank you for the freedom of your joy that's entering our hearts. God, send us from this place to help others be set free because there are many more living in the bondage that you've invited every one of us out of. Open our eyes to see like you, our mouth to speak like you, our ears to hear like you, and our feet to move like you, oh God. Thank you for your forgiveness in our life. And we do pray blessing on those that have hurt us. Thank you, God, for setting us free. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.